All right, if you would go ahead and just uh, bow your heads with me, we'll just enter in a prayer here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for uh, your will and your plan for this service today, Father. Uh, I thank you that, uh, and I ask you, Father, to help me tonight, Father. I, I know there's no good in me except the God in me. And Father, I just thank you that you are using my mouth and, and thinking through my mind, Father, uh, just to help the people tonight, just to give forth uh, your utterance, your word, Father, as you would. And Father, I just thank you that uh, you would move and however uh, you would want to move, Father, that you would have liberty today. And Father, we're here uh, and we're willing to move and to flow and however you would, Father, however you would like to move. Uh, we are your servants, Father, and we're here to accomplish that goal that you have for this service. And Father, I thank you. Uh, I'm honored that uh, I would be involved in this, Father, and we just thank you for all your help, and I just thank you that the people are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you would, go ahead and we'll go to our first scripture, First Samuel, and chapter number three. So a pastor has graciously, he asked me to minister out of Pastor Nancy's book, Responding to the Holy Spirit. A great read, great foundational book. If you uh, don't know a whole lot about the Holy Spirit, about services where the Holy Spirit has moved or operated, or, and even it doesn't just cover moves of the Spirit, but just how to operate in a regular church, how to operate in a, in a normal, if you want to call it that, Sunday service, amen, how to come to church, how to respond to God's call for your life, amen, just a tremendously valuable book, uh, and just reading through it uh, over the last couple of days has just blessed me a lot, so I was looking forward to just bringing that and uh, if you hear anything that uh, sounds profound or just super spiritual, I'll just go ahead and credit it to Pastor Nancy. I'll just, just copy a lot of what she said because she just does it so well. If you've ever, been in, if you've ever read one of her books or been in a service, she just does an outstanding job. Amen. Amen. And, and with the Reverend Joel meetings coming up, uh, it's this weekend, starting this Friday, 7 o'clock. Um, I think it's fitting to just have a refresher on how to respond to the Spirit. Amen. Amen. We're all growing. We're all moving up in things. And, you know, we want to have powerful meetings this weekend. And we want God to be able to get to us everything that He has for us in these meetings. Amen. We want to receive it all. Don't leave anything on the buffet. Amen. Pick it clean. Amen. Uh, well, I just want to start off. Uh, you don't have to, we're not reading First Samuel quite yet. But I had a couple of quotes here out of Pastor Nancy's book from her and Dr. Dufresne that I thought would be a great launching pad to get us started. And the first one is, it's from Dr. Dufresne. It says, the reason people don't receive more in a service is because they don't respond more. So our receiving there is dependent on our response. Amen. Pastor Nancy said, no church service can reach its fullest potential or highest flow without a right response from the congregation. Amen. So it's not all on Pastor or Reverend Joel or me. It's on all of us. It's a team effort. Amen. And we're to bring a supply as a congregation, uh, as church members, and just as a member of the body of Christ. Amen. We owe that, that supply, that response. Amen. And how we respond matters. But nobody is necessarily born knowing how to respond to the Spirit. It can be a little tricky to navigate if you don't know what you're doing. You know, it's different. Amen? Just being led by God when in the natural realm, you want to figure everything out yourself, you want to plan your own way, and letting him, offloading that on him and letting him do it is just different. Amen? Anybody that's had a kid knows they don't always know how to respond right. I'm sure the daycare workers, they can get up and just, we could give the microphone to them, they can tell you all about it. 
Amen, if you haven't experienced it. But we have a little dog at home now. Her name's Rosie. And she doesn't necessarily know how to respond to things like she's supposed to. Like, you know, not going number two or number one in the house. Amen. And not jumping up on the couch when she's not supposed to. But we, we just need to reinforce these things as we're teaching them. Amen. And Pastor does a, a wonderful job, an able job, of course, uh, teaching us how to respond, how to flow, uh, how to move with the Spirit. But uh, just it requires reinforcement. It requires just having a standard. And once, if you'll notice that, once those little babies are taught, once the little dog, little Rosie is taught how to do it and how to respond, they get excited about it when they know how to get it, when they know how to respond right. Amen? Amen. She gets really excited when we tell her to sit and shake before she can get up on the couch with us. She loves that. She, we had to teach her how to do that. Amen? But we're not going to learn how to shake tonight. Amen? We're, we're a little more complicated. A little more. So at 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. But uh, that, that's the thing to really get a hold of, is that God requires a response. Amen? How we respond matters, and we have to respond in order for God to be able to use us, to be able to move. Amen? So it says in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his room before the lamp of God had gone out. Samuel was lying in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? I didn't call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am. You called me? I didn't call, my son, he replied. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel had not yet experienced the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there. The Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that everyone who hears about it will shudder. And he goes on and he tells Samuel more about what he's, uh, what he's going to do in, in Israel and in uh, Eli's life in particular and his family. Mm-hmm. But the point of that, of reading that is, is that Samuel had to be instructed right. in how to respond Amen. and how to have a right response. Yeah. And you'll notice that God called three times and Eli responded, but it wasn't in the right way that God needed him to be able to respond, to be able to give him that message that he was wanting to get over to him. Amen. Amen. Uh, God couldn't continue speaking to Samuel until he had that responsive agreement of him saying, I'm here, Lord. I'm ready to serve. What do you need? What do you need from me, Father? Does anyone know why that is? Why God has to have our agreement? Yeah, he, he gave us authority on the earth, and ultimately, I like to look at it as God is a perfect gentleman. And he's not going to force, he's not going to drive anything into you. He's not going to take control of your body like a robot. Right. He's not going to, he's just not going to force you to do anything. He's not going to push anything on you because he's a perfect gentleman. And he gave us free will. We're designed the way we're designed to be able to make decisions completely on purpose. Amen. He didn't want a robot family. He wanted a family that could deny him if we wanted to, but that would choose him in spite of that. Amen. 
So he's not going to push anything on us. He's not going to make you follow his plan. He's not going to make you respond to anything. Amen. That's on us to figure out how to work with him and how to respond to him correctly. Satan wants to push things on you. He wants to drive you. He wants to control you. Amen. But God doesn't work like that. But to, to hear from God, we have to take time to listen to him. We have to take time to hear. Amen. I don't know if any of you ever knew anybody that when you talk to them, they don't take any time to listen to what you're trying to say. They want to talk. Or they want to be doing something else and what you say goes in one ear and out the other. Amen. That's not fun. Nobody likes that. God doesn't like that. Amen. So if you don't take time to listen, you're not going to hear when you need to hear. Amen. But once Samuel, you saw once he responded and said, I'm here, Lord, he said, here's the message I had for you. Now, no telling how many times that would have went on if he didn't know what to say and how to make himself available. Amen. Amen. But thankfully, he he got it figured out. Eli knew what was going on. Uh, If you go to Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 8 is where we'll start there. I thought this was interesting. This is, uh, both of these accounts are in, uh, are in the book, Responding to the Holy Spirit. But yeah, I just thought it was very interesting. It's always good to uh, revisit these things. Amen. Kind of lose sight of them sometimes. So say amen when you get there. Verse number eight in Isaiah six. It said, then I heard the voice of the, the voice of the Lord saying, who should I send? Who will go for us? I said, this is Isaiah, here I am, send me. And he replied, go, say to these people, keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. And then he he continues on. But as you see there, Pastor Nancy brought a very interesting point here. It almost seems that in the Spirit, God was sending out this message. Because he wasn't specifically saying, Isaiah, would you help me? Who can can I send you? He was just sending it out, it seems like, across across the Spirit. And whoever was out there listening to pick that up could respond to it. Amen. And he was listening, and he was able to respond to that. And so he got that, that cutting edge, you know, tip of the spear word that God was trying to get over. Amen. It's like a radio station. You have that call in. If you don't have the radio on, you don't know to call the number and be the fifth caller or whatever to get the, get the free concert tickets. So you've got to be tuned in, amen, to the radio station. But, uh, and just to drive even more, because it's important, that God needs... You to have a response, and he needs your response in, able to, in, in order to be able to work in the Amen. earth. I mean, you think about even the most important part of God's plan. I guess one of the most important parts is Jesus dying would be the most important, being raised. But Mary having Jesus, you notice in that account, God didn't say, you're having this baby. Deal with it. Right. He came, and, and he, the angel Gabriel came and told Mary, there's going to be a son, you're going to have a son, and she had to agree in order Amen. for that to move on. Amen. In order for that to fully be manifested. If she would have said no, I don't think God would have done it. Amen. Amen. He didn't just say, deal with it, you're having it. Uh, amen. But her right response, her knowing how to respond and be available and willing, and I know that can't have been easy, uh, but it, I mean, amen, we're all saved now because of it. Amen. And thank God for it. Amen. And then on the opposite side, you had Zechariah, whenever the angel appeared to him about John the Baptist being born, and he starts asking questions about, well, I'm too old, how's it going to do this, how's it going to work? And the angel had to shut his mouth so he couldn't mess it up, which tells me that 
if he could have kept talking, he could have messed it up. Amen? If he wouldn't have been in agreement, he wouldn't have been responding right. So they had to just zip him up there, and eventually he got it. He got it figured out. Amen? But God needs our response. Amen? Uh, Pastor Nancy was talking about in the book a visitation she had where she said that she was sitting on the platform praying there at their church, leading prayer, and that she just sensed, she didn't see anything, but she just sensed by witness that Jesus was there next to her. And she said she was sitting there just waiting, kind of aware he was there, and she was just sitting there waiting for him to speak. And she just waited and waited and waited, and he wasn't speaking. And so eventually, she got to the point where she said, what have you come to say to me, Jesus? And then as soon as she said that, he gave the direction that she needed for the rest of the year for their church. But in order for him to be able to, well, not to be able to give it, but he was waiting for that response. Amen. Amen. He was waiting for her to be in agreement to hear what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I know some people will say, well, if God knows all this, why, doesn't, why can't he just make it easy and just do it? Just do it for me. Just move, take control of me. Like some people will be fine with that. Just take control of me, Father, and lead me however you want me to do, and, and I can, you know, save, we can get people saved or whatever. But uh, the word, and the word does say, your Father knows what you have need of before you ask. But then in James, it says, you have not because you ask not. Amen. He's not going to do it for us. Right. We, even though he knows what we need, he's got it all planned out. Amen. We still have to do the asking. We still have to do the responding in yeah. order for it to be carried out. Amen. Because like Reverend Russell said, we're in the earth. He gave us authority. And here on the earth, it's our, it's our dominion. Amen. It's mankind. It's the church's dominion. And... Uh, he can't operate without our, without our help, without our approval. Amen? Amen. Uh, another very, I think, a very important thing that she talked about in the book was that we ought to be a revival. Amen. And that we're not necessarily waiting on God to move. We're not sitting here having done everything we can do completely, and God's just not, he's just not moving. I don't know what's going on. That's not the case. Amen. We're not the, he's not the one that's behind. If anyone's behind, we're the ones that's behind. Amen. So he's not the one that's slow to move. We're the ones that need to be picking it up and responding to him. Amen. Uh, when it comes to revival, I just want to put it out there. We don't have to talk God into sending a revival. I hear so many songs that say, you know, send a revival, Lord, let the rain fall. And he's sitting up there like, I'm ready. Where are these vessels that I need to be able to pour into? Amen. Uh, this is a little bit further in, down in my notes, but I'll just get to it now. But when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to opening yourself up to God, when it comes to responding to Him, you're opening your vessel in order for Him to be able to pour into you. Amen. So if you take a closed jar and you try to pour something into it with the lid on it, that's just going all over the place. It's not doing anybody any good. It's just going to hit the ground and get lapped up by the heat. So God wants an empty, open vessel that he can pour his spirit into. And I think too many people just aren't there. Too many believers just aren't at that point where they could be used like that. Amen. So we're not waiting on God for revival. Smith Wigglesworth said that he he lives full of the spirit and he has revival everywhere he goes in his life. Amen. Because he lived full of the spirit. And we say we're spirit-filled, right? 
In order to be Spirit-filled, you have to respond to the Spirit on a daily basis. Amen. you got to be moving with the Spirit in your everyday life. Amen. Amen. Say amen on me, something. (laughs) But God manifests through those who respond to Him. Amen. And we receive according to the measure that we respond. Amen. Our response is critical. Church isn't a passive, it's not a a spectator sport. Amen. God's got a plan. He's the planner of planners. I don't know if you know it. He knows what he's doing. Amen. And he's got a plan for each one of us individually down to the smallest little detail that would bless us in our lives. Little things that we like. He, He wants to please and bless us in all these different ways. From that tiniest little thing to the entire scope of the plan of the universe and eternity. Ever since the beginning to the very end of eternity. Amen. You can't even quantify it. He's got it figured out. So we need to trust him. Amen. To walk that plan out. Amen. We don't need to be coming up with our own plan. I like an order of service in a, in a church service. But you don't need to be bound to it. Amen. You need to let God do his thing. And if he says, hey, we need to tweak this right here. Then we need to all be on board. Amen. Especially going into, I mean, in, in regular services, but especially going into a special meeting where we have a man of God that's uh, just a different uh, ministry gift, different flow, and we just need to be able to just jump right in there and, and latch on. Amen. 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 Like I said, God has a plan, and it's better than our plan. Yeah. I couldn't even come close to telling you how to save a person that I've never met before or, or anybody in here. I couldn't tell you how to minister to them just in my own knowledge. God knows how to do it. Amen. And so we need to be willing to let him take the lead on that. Amen. Amen. He moves with a purpose. He's not just doing anything haphazardly out here. Even in a church service. Like I said, it's not a spectator sport. We come and we have a part to play. And if we don't play our part, it can hinder things. It can hinder people getting what they need. Their answer. Amen. I've heard uh, Dr. Jacobs tell it that he had a ministry line one time, and uh, he was ministering, just going right along, praying for people with cancer. And uh, suddenly he said, just like a blanket got pulled off him, the anointing just left him. And he's sitting around thinking, you know, what's going on? What happened? And he looks in back in the back. I guess it was some kind of convention center or some kind of gymnasium they were meeting in. And these guys were back in the back, and they had broke open the Oreos and the Pepsi, and they were back there getting into that, having a little snack time and making a lot of noise, apparently, while they are back there doing it. And completely dishonorable, completely irreverent and inappropriate when people are, their lives are being changed and ministered to. And these people are doing that. And Dr. Jacobs, of course, you know how he is. He got onto me. He got it set right. Amen. But just notice that the Spirit lifted. The Spirit didn't come down in an audible voice and strike anybody down or... He had Dr. Jacobs, he lifted and Dr. Jacobs took care of it with his authority there in the meeting. And then as soon as that got taken care of, they got it put back, the anointing came back and he was able to finish ministry. Amen. So how we respond can affect somebody else's, what they receive. Amen. You can believe it or not, but amen, amen. It it does. So we need to come ready to respond right. Amen. Amen. Uh, Like I said, with being a, not being a spectator sport, I really like this that Pastor Nancy brought out. That when you go to, say, a football game, there's always going to be two types of people, at least. 
there's the spectators, and then there's the participators. Amen. There's the guys in the stands, and there's the guys on the field. And I love this, that she said the key difference is that the spectators pay to be there, while the participators are paid to be there. Amen. So they get something a little more than the spectators get when they show up and they're ready to participate. Amen. And the Holy Spirit, He has always been a participator. Amen. Even in creation, He was hovering over the waters. He's ready to work. He's ready to move. Amen. And He's not going to lead anybody to be a, just someone that's watching, just a spectator. Amen. He leads participators. And He wants participators. Amen. Even Jesus had to follow and be a participator. He had to respond to the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus had to do it, I mean, how much more? Come on, we, we really need to. Amen. Amen. So uh, just a couple things. I'm running low on my time here. But just a couple things that I thought were really good, just foundational uh, keys that she had for just navigating a church service. I just wanted to go through them. Amen. Just a couple things. Um, you know, churches, a church service is different. It can be different depending on who's ministering, what the, what's going on. It's like a river. You know, you can see it all moving one way going toward one direction, but when you look down at it, you'll see little different, all kinds of different things moving around in there, kinds of different little streams and uh, just moving around. It doesn't just go in a straight line, amen. So depending on what we're doing in the service, you just need to know how to respond to that, amen. If it's praise and worship time, you need to be entering in. It's not just singing a song. It's not you looking holy so people around you can see you raising your hand. And they think you're just the bee's knees and you're on top of everything. But you need to enter in. And just what I do, and that helps me, even on the the praise team, sitting in the crowd, whatever, is whenever it's time for praise and worship and just in general, if you just think about everything that God's done for you, everything he's delivered you from, everything that he has uh, paved the way for you to have in your life, all the blessings that he has just provided for you, everything he's delivered you out of, I mean... The list just goes on and on. And if you are in the Word and you're fellowshipping with Him, it will be front and center in your mind, everything that He's done for you. Amen. And if you think about it, I mean, if you think about it hard enough, it'll just cause you to weep. I mean, you'll just start crying thinking about it. When you get into the depths of everything that He's done for us. Amen. Regardless of how we responded to Him, how we've treated Him. Amen. And when you think of it like that, it's easy to thank Him. It's easy to say you love Him and it's easy to worship Him. Because like I was saying, uh, Sunday doing the, during the transition, when we're in heaven worshiping God, we're going to be worshiping God for the rest of eternity. Yeah. I don't know if that is what you were thinking heaven was going to be like, you know, but you're going to be worshiping God forever. And it's not because, I don't think it's just because God just wants it even, but we're just going to be that dedicated to him for what he's done to us, that it's going to take eternity for us to say thank you enough. Amen. And that, that, that's just how I look at it, is that we're just not ever going to be done. Amen. So we're just going to have to keep on praising. Amen. And don't just wait till heaven to start praising. Amen. You need to enter in down here. Amen. We have an honor to bring. And this praise and worship is just a particularly special, to me, just a particularly special holy time. That you just enter in, you just praise God, you worship Him, just tell Him how much you love Him, 
and just let him minister to you. Amen. 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 So that's praise and worship. It's pretty simple. Enter in, get your mind off your grocery list, and just magnify God. Amen. And don't be coming in late trying to skip praise and worship. If, if that's you. Uh-oh, I, uh-oh I, I woke him up now. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I used to, I would see that, you know, even in, even in California, going to World Harvest Church, they would, you'd see people just, I was an usher, and of course I'd be at the door, you know, 10 minutes into uh, praise and worship, and you see people slip in. Praise worship done? All right, okay, I go in now. It's like, what are you thinking? What is, what is going on with you? Don't be like that, amen? Amen. amen. Come in and enter in. Yes. So, uh, you know, moving on to praise and worship. Comes to offering time. Again, like I was saying with that jar with the lid on it. When you give, you're not just plinking money in a bucket. You're opening that jar up for God to be able to pour into you. You're opening your capacity to be able to receive. And it's an act of worship. Amen. It's praise and worship when you're given that tithe. There's just something special about finances, about money, that it just has a hold on people. And if you can conquer that, I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing. If you can just give that money and not miss it and just think and have enough faith, it takes faith to give. Amen? Because if you're just throwing it in a bucket and you think it's just going away, you're not going to give. But you have faith that God sees that and that he's going to, uh, give you a harvest on that seed sown, amen? And he's going to recognize that honor that you've given uh, in that tithe, amen? So, amen, offering time's a big deal. Another very holy moment, amen? Uh, during the message, when Reverend Joel's up here, when Pastor's up here, you need to be responding. You need to be saying amen. You need to, what really helps is when you're, when he's on it, when he's right on the thing that's helping you, when you've gotten your answer, let him know. You know, don't get up and run up and try to stop him during the middle of service, but say, hey, I got it. That's my answer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, sir. That's what I needed right there. Say that. Say it again. Amen. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you don't have anything stirring in you, you're not going to be saying anything. Amen. Amen. And like in Hebrews, it says that... Uh, it was Paul talking about the Israelites that uh, when they were 40 years in the wilderness that they had to let that whole generation die. Uh, it said in, in Hebrews 4.2 that the word was preached to them, but it did not profit them. It wasn't mixed with faith. So you can be sitting here and your ear neurons or whatever, your ear cells can be hearing vibrations coming through the air, but that doesn't mean anything's landing on you. It doesn't mean you're getting anything that's helping you. And honestly, if you're not coming to receive and respond, I mean, you're really just wasting your time. You're just coming to sit in a chair and hear something and then go out, and it's like you weren't even here if you don't do anything with it. Amen? But like I said, you, don't, you can't just show up and expect it. If you try that on date night, it ain't going to work. You just show up. Amen? You've got you to put forth some effort. You gotta be ready, amen. And this was really good that Pastor Nancy brought out that when you speak words like that, when you're responding to the minister when he's ministering, uh, it opens you up. It opens up your heart to be able to receive more. Uh, In Psalms, uh, it's uh, chapter 81. It says, "Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it." Mm -hmm. So when you open your mouth, God's filling that, amen. 
Amen. So participate, respond, and get filled up. Amen. Uh, whenever it comes time for a ministry line, when you see people up here getting ministered to, it's not time to slip out to beat traffic. It's not time to be on your phone, whatever. Be thinking about what you're going to do after. Uh, even if you're not being ministered to, you need to be releasing your faith on the behalf of those that are up here. It's like those guys with the Oreos. You know, if that was your mom up here, Dr. Jacob said to him, you'd be feeling a whole lot different about it if she was sitting up here with cancer trying to receive something and you're back there dishonoring God and having his presence leave the room. Amen? So just something, you know, just release your faith for them. Be tuned in. Pray in the Spirit. Again, a very holy, holy moment, especially during those times. And then there's other flows that, you know, there's laughing, there's crying. I mean, you don't know what. You don't know what you'll see exactly. But the thing is, is that you want to be someone that's quick to respond, that's quick to get in, and that's not sitting there with your arms crossed just ready to, you know, get out of here. Right. Amen? Because like I said, your response can affect other people, can affect the atmosphere in the room. Amen? And you don't want somebody to miss out on something because you, you didn't want to enter in. And I can guarantee you, if that is the case, that come time, come judgment day, God's going to tell you about it. He's going to let you know. In this service right here, you were part of this group of people, or you were the only one. Oh, I hope that, I hope that wouldn't be the case. You were the only one that stopped this person. I wasn't able to move because you weren't in agreement with the rest of the congregation here. And you were the one that stopped it. Oof, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want that to, yeah, I don't, I don't want that to be me. And ultimately... We love everybody here, and we're all just, we're learning. Amen? And church is a place to learn, to learn to respond, to learn to move, to learn to flow. Uh, it's easy when you're here with everybody that's responding as well. You know, you're with the church family in the church building. But us practicing responding to the Spirit in sometimes what we think is very odd ways, very different, something we wouldn't normally do. Amen? That is helping us practice, conditioning us to be able to respond to him and to hear him out there in the world, the real mission field, amen? And that, amen, if you won't, if you won't dance when the Lord tells you to dance in the church, what is he gonna, what's going to happen when he tells you to do something out in the world when he tells you to just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I know this, this, this about you and God wants to take care of that right now. Will you let me pray for you? Would you be willing to do that? We're just training boldness, amen. Training boldness and faith and stepping out, amen. And that's just, that's how, that's how I look at it. And if you're thinking, you know, just about what people think of you, uh, I mean, that's all just pride, ultimately. And I hate to break it to you, but it's not about you. None of, uh, I mean, to a degree it is, but none of the, Christian walk is about you necessarily being happy or being comfortable. Amen. 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 Now, we want everybody to, to be happy and feel safe and comfortable, but at the same time, it's not all about you. And there's other things that are being worked, amen, that need your response. So just, just think about that. And I, had, I don't know about other people, but I admire people that respond quickly. When I see somebody step out, to me, that tells me they don't care what people think. They're free. Somebody that's all stalwart and grabbing onto their chair in the back, you know, shaking during that time, 
not under the Spirit, but just shaking from ready to get out of there. They're not free. They're bound up with something. Amen. I see it as just being, just in the natural even, I see it as just an extra layer of power. That if you can respond to something like that, that you just have an extra layer of untouchability from the world. That you don't care what they think about you. Amen. And you need that. Amen. But we got to be hungry for it. And we got to be quick to respond. And I'm running low on time. Amen. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Say amen when you get there. All right, my wife's there. I'm going. <laughs> I just had to catch up. So it says, yeah, just, I'm just going to read the first verse there. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and above all, that you may prophesy. So just that word there, desire, to me that tells me that we need to really want it. We need to covet that. And that indicates that we need to be hungry for it. Amen. Uh, Reverend, uh, or Brother Hagen said, the gifts of the Spirit don't operate because we pray necessarily. They operate because the people are hungry for them. Because the people want them. Amen. And we have to ask ourselves, how hungry are we? How much do we want it? Amen. How much do we want God to move? Yeah. I think if we knew what that meant fully, we would want it a lot more, yeah. frankly. Amen. But uh, I, everybody's been hungry. Think about the hungriest you've ever been in your life. Just think about it. You know, you've gone four or five hours without food. The hungriest we've ever been <laughs> as Americans. Let's just be thankful for how blessed we are, amen? amen? Never had to go a day without a meal. At least, you know, most of us haven't. But just think about how hungry you are then. When you're hungry, you don't care what gets set in front of you. You're ready to eat it. If you get to a certain enough level, you'll eat anything. You know, you watch the survival shows with Bear Grylls and all that. He's eating fish eyes and guts and whatever he can find. He's eating it because he's hungry enough. And my wife, she's a little picky. She can be a little picky about her food, and, and I'll say this to her when, she, uh, when we don't have any food in the house, and we have all kinds of food, and I just tell her, you're just not hungry enough yet. You just need to get a little more hungry, and then you'll be ready to, be ready to eat some of that. Amen. But we just got to be hungry for the things of God. And that means that when, we, when we're showing up to a service, we're not just walking in, just right off the street, having no preparation been made. Amen. When you're hungry for the move of God, when you're hungry for what he's going to do, knowing that he's going to give you your answer, knowing that people are going to get delivered, uh, you just prepare a little differently. As someone that has ministered from the pulpit, you know when you're ministering, you just prepare different than when you are just going to be in the crowd. Amen? It's different. And it ought not be like that, but it's just it's different. There's more you feel like you have to do. But we ought to all be prepared, preparing ourselves beforehand. Amen. And just think about how, and a lot of times you just be led in how you do this. You know, I'll put on, uh, you can put on a message, uh, you can listen to worship music before you come in, but you don't have to wait on the service necessarily to start for you to get started. Amen. You can ask Reverend Marilyn. She can get started. She don't care if service starts. She'll get started. She doesn't care. And that's how we need to be. Amen. So like I said, you don't have to wait on the service to get started before you can get started. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I have a couple more things, but I think 
I think the Spirit's just saying that that's good for now, that that, uh, that got it across, amen? Uh, but yeah, again, it's not about you, it's not about us. Just throw all that out the window, what everybody's going to think. It's tremendously freeing whenever you get rid of all that. Amen. Because what does God think about you? About how you're responding. Amen. And it's a sacrifice. Ultimately, when you respond, it's a sacrifice that you're sacrificing what people think about you. That you're getting rid of that. You don't have to have it. Amen. Because you're just flowing with God. You have enough faith to know he's watching. He sees it, and he's honored by that. Amen. And the flesh doesn't like it, not one little bit. Amen. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. But we have to, I've just been learning lately. It just seems like lately I've just had more of a push that, uh, you know, with all the snow days we've had and then all the lockdown stuff over the last year, and I feel like I've just kind of been coddling my flesh more. And I just had a realization, you know, living a Christian life, living a dedicated life is if you're not uncomfortable, you're doing it wrong, basically. Like, you need to have some level of discomfort about you. You can't always be comfortable. Amen. And so I've just been working to put my flesh down uh, and just moving forward in some things. Amen. But that's part of it. We've got to dominate the flesh, dominate our mind. It's telling us anything but what we need to do. Amen. And just enter in. Amen. Amen. Well, you go ahead and uh, stand to your feet. Amen. Amen. Ultimately, yeah, like, like I said, we want to just, we want these meetings, we want every church service to be full of power. We yes. want everything to be accomplished. We want the power to be available. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we respond right together, God can move in our Amen. midst in mighty ways. Amen. 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 God's, all kinds of revivals have started in the past from little, just a little group of people that have been in agreement, uh, that have just sought after God and just wanted, wanted the fire, and they got Amen. it. Amen. And they changed the world. Those are just those little, those little starting points. Amen. Amen. Well, Heavenly Father, uh, we just thank you uh, for tonight. Lord, we thank you for the word. Father, we thank you uh, for the move of your spirit. Father, we thank you that uh, this weekend, Lord, uh, however you would choose to move, Father, that we're just on board. Amen. We're on board and we're ready to move forward with you, Father, to accomplish what you would have for us, Father. We thank you that you're breaking yokes, Lord. We thank you that you're delivering people. You're just breaking those bondages off of them, Father. We thank you for everything that you have planned for these meetings coming up, Father, uh, and for even uh, just any regular church service after that, Father. We thank you. We're all in. We're with you. And, Father, we're just looking to just be led, and we thank you that you are leading us into everything that you would have for us, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.